lifepodcasts.fm. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. Time in the saddle. For cyclists, by cyclists. Time in the saddle. Time in the saddle. Myself, Ryan O'Connor, joined by a panel of guests. As per usual, he's back from gallivanting the world. Ladies and gents, Jason Lint. How's yeah, it, awesome. I've just been catching up with Doug. It's good to have you here, yeah. Doug. Sorry, Speaking you're going to have to repeat everything yeah. because Nick's late. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Bird is here. Doug, lucky to have you here. Thanks for having me. Nice. It's good to be here. Yeah, we'll chat about Doug. Doug's got amazing things on the go. Wild Air TV and a host of other things. Lisa Van der Vest, Hazen, how's it? Always good to be here. Hi, Rye. Nice. Good to be here. Have you? <laughs> you you make him cycling. speechless. Uh, you do make me speechless because every time I see Lisa, we're, we're preparing for the next event. And this weekend, we're uh, looking to get out to Elgin. Elgin, in actual fact, to Elgin? go and cycle the, uh, uh, the event there. The, 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 the 40K one. There's a 60 yes. odd K, but we're doing the 40K. 40 social. We want mm. people to join our squad. Yeah. If you can sing and so we just squads talk. Like we're the squad. 40% oh, bigger because yeah. I'm going to come and ride. Oh, right yeah, now. you've committed. I've got lots of FOMO from that uh, Storms <laughs> River thing. It was amazing, uh, that traverse out there. Um, your cycling is going to rain. I know it's going to rain yeah. if you're going to join us. <laughs> can't wait for that. That's happening this weekend. And uh, and let's talk a little, I want to bring Doug into the conversation. Doug, it's lucky to have you here. Uh, your association, obviously, with cycling goes back, I mean, um, many years. But your first love of, of the cycling, do you remember when you got your first bicycle? Um, I do remember when I got my first bicycle. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but it was, uh, I wouldn't say a baptism of fire, but my dad was generally someone that kind of threw you in the deep end and you you learned rather quickly because if you you didn't balance, you fell off. Right. Um, So yeah, my memories of my first bike go back to a little town in KwaZulu-Natal called Burn Valley, which is for the most part probably unheard of. A nice kind of relatively steep grass bank, jump on, Give it horns, no, 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 like training wheels, nothing. Just make it work. So three or four crashes, and then kind of that was it. Managed to on a bike, yeah, pretty much. And then, and then, um, when did the bug bite? Was it like you you got a bicycle for school, or would you, when do you do you do you remember the cycling bug as it were bite? Do you remember the brand of your first expensive bike? Yeah, definitely do. And it's quite funny though because I've only actively been riding for five years. Yeah. Um, I've been involved in the sport though for a lot longer. Yes. So in 2005, when I was still down here in Cape Town studying, I got involved with the Cape Epic yeah. um, as kind of a lackey and helping out wherever possible, setting up race village tents and signage and all those kinds of things. And kind of after being exposed to the sport um, through that, it kind of piqued my interest. But I'm also really tall, man. I'm two meters tall. So. <laughs> no, I had a notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get a sore neck every yeah. time. <laughs> so that's a problem. I mean, to try and find a bike that fits me ha- traditionally was a yes. real struggle. But yeah. I'd say in the last five years, introduction of 29-inch wheels, sure. um, especially in the last two years, frame geometry is becoming a lot more stretched out, reach profiles growing. Um, it started to suit me more and more. And I think that's uh, I had a bike, a mountain bike, but it was an extra large uh, GT Marathon One, if I remember correctly. Okay. And anyway, it was a twenty-sixer back in those uh, mid two thousands. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I gave it to my wife, who's a lot shorter than I am, and and just reduced the stem length, and it yeah. fitted her perfectly. So Stunning. it gives you a bit of an idea of how small they were. And then, yeah, four or five years ago, got onto my first twenty-nine inch bike, and from there, it's literally. Hmm. It's now a real problem. Yeah, it is. Because it's a weird thing to say because yeah. now we look modern day. If you ask any of the guests that we've had that are, are on are cycling nuts, we like to go, which is your favorite bike? And they go, but for, what, for which occasion? Mm. Which occasion? What, what, what's the, mm. Give us the scenario. What, what, what's the weather conditions? What, what's the terrain? Because that's, I mean, that's what cycling has now become. I mean, we're open up to this world of endless opportunities and possibilities when it comes to bikes. 
Yeah, without a doubt. And and I think that's what also keeps it interesting and makes it super exciting yeah. is that you do have so many options. I mean, nowadays you almost need a quiver of bikes if you yeah. if you <laughs> not necessarily take it seriously, but if you're really passionate about it, you want a road bike, you want a gravel bike, you want a now, you want an e-bike, you want a trail bike. I mean, where does it where does it end? So, Doug, when you were talking about height, and obviously mm. with your height comes a bit of weight. I mean, do you think your riding enduro and the longer travel bikes comes from the fact that just with your size, you actually need the more travel? So it's not necessarily about genre. Mm. I mean, now it's about genre for you, but did it come from genre or come from just wanting enough travel for somebody your size? Um, the genre has always kind of really attracted me. My, my background is is professional kayaking or canoeing, and and I gravitated towards more of the whitewater stuff anyway. That's just my nature. So the, the trail and the enduro stuff really excited me from the beginning. But also, you know, in South Africa, I'd say in the last two, three years, as it really started to come to the fore, we're, we're, a, we're a stage racing and mm-hmm. marathon racing crazy country. Um, so I think bikes now are so versatile, you can for the most part ride anything really on anything and the bike i started out with was a was a marathon bike and and now that i've kind of had a taste of an enduro bike in the last uh, month and a half that i've owned one it's it's it definitely makes things easier in some ways but things get a lot faster and the consequences can get get a lot higher very quickly He's been sitting sipping in his coffee for the past five minutes, but he is here. Nick Barr from Omnico. How's it, Nick? Yeah, hello, hello. Um, the, the question I was going to pose to both Jason and Doug is, you know, where, you know, for me, it's becoming more and more difficult to define marathon bikes, trail bikes, enduro bikes. The lines seem to be getting blurred. I mean, these days we see guys on, you know, so-called marathon races with 120, 130 more travel. Um, you know, it just seems to me like it's it's now all about what's right for you as a bike rider versus what category I want to fit into in terms of travel. And, and, and you know, Jason's got more experience from a store point of view. Um, but what do you guys think? I mean, where do we draw the line between those different categories? I think it comes down to your riding preference, to be honest, and what you want your outcomes to be. I mean, the most competitive category we know in cycling in South Africa, or mountain biking at least, is the, the veteran men's category. <laughs> yeah, you know, when I was 20, I used to think when I'm 60, I'm going to compete well because there's only three guys riding. Not a chance. Now. Not a chance. Yeah, yeah. So, so the age group of categories are super competitive. And, and if you want to race in that space, then you are going to need to gravitate towards a certain marathon slash cross-country type of bike because that's just what's required but if you're someone like myself that that rides just because i really enjoy riding bikes and if there's Mm. something to pop off or jump off or or try and improve my skills in some way i'm going to give it a crack and the reality is is that my skill level is not good enough to take too many chances on the real racing snake bikes it'll just i'll just crash so i always go with something that's a little bit slacker got a little bit more room in the cockpit and a little bit more travel because if I was on a bike that's technically faster with a racing snake on it, I, it wouldn't necessarily make me faster. Oh, um, so for me, it's about choosing a bike that enables you with a skill set that you have. And if you improve over time and you want to upgrade or change, then by all means, the options are there. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it'll be very seldom that I would recommend a really cross-country lightweight bike to somebody. I would I would generally be putting them on a trail bike. Yeah. And then you can skew it with with tires. You know, you put race tires on or you put fat, uh, chunky tires on there. So people used to get upset with me when they want demo bikes. And I'm sort of saying, yeah, but I can give you the same bike. Yes. Different suspension pressures and different tires. And you're going to love one and hate the other one. So, you know, are you qualified to ride a demo bike? Actually, 
where when you can tweak it just with the little things like like that. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we see as well suspension setup. And I was just having this conversation yesterday with someone who he was riding his own bike and not enjoying it at all. Went for a proper suspension setup and got his suspension tweaked. And you know, we actually did some revolving on it, and he was like, "Wow, this is not not the same bike." And mm. um, we didn't change his travel. We didn't change anything about his his bike. You know, except for setting up the suspension correctly. And that's something that people take for granted when they walk in and they say, oh, I want to borrow a demo bike and yeah. they wheel it out the shop. They don't know whether Doug's been riding it last or yeah. me or Ryan. It sure. you know, could be the complete wrong setup for them in terms of the pressures they're running and rebound and all that kind of stuff. Have you got videos of that on your site? <laughs> Speaking of which, I want to talk about that because, listen, as, a, as somebody who um, battles to find, I, I, I love YouTube for various reasons. I, I think it's the content platform I'll go to to look for anything. If it's something I want to buy, whether it's a new car or it's a bicycle or it's a watch or uh, whatever. So I'll, pretty much he's on YouTube. I'm pretty much day. on YouTube <laughs> a lot because, because, you know, that's a go-to place. I, want to, I don't want to read an article. I want to sit at the end of the day with a glass of wine and I want to be given a show about what about whatever it is. I was actually looking at the camera last night and the Sony's released a new product, Canon's released a new product and I was looking at both of those little compact cameras and I was looking at research. But Doug, what I love about, about what, you, what, what you do is that I, I don't think there's anybody else in South Africa that's, well, if they are, I apologize now on the, on the, on the, on the podcast that's doing what you're doing but as well as you're doing it. Um, I, I, and I say this because there was a bike that I was looking at, at, um, at, it, at, at a couple of months ago and I came across your review of it and it was just so comprehensive. It was good enough for me to take that review of said item and said product, and and I was informed enough to be able to make a decision. And I think that's it's pretty rare. I don't know anybody else who's doing that in South Africa for products. Yeah, I mean, uh, so to give you a bit of context to the channel, it was was the, the intention of the platform is to try and give more of or shine a bit more of a spotlight onto non-mainstream sports, yeah. having come from a professional sportsman in a non-mainstream sport and seeing how, for the most part, mainstream media is focused on football and cricket and rugby mm. and all these things, which is great. It does affect athletes and the sports themselves, you mm. know, to, to be able to generate and hold meaningful sponsorships for athletes to find sponsorships as well, to race abroad and all those kinds of things. So the, the primary focus of the channel was to try and create a destination where events that are creating strong content have a place to send it, where people engage with it mm. and they can report or return a, a good value to their sponsors and brands. But beyond that, it was also created a, a little bit out of my own curiosity and sometimes frustration of getting into the mountain biking space because there's so many views, so many opinions that it can become overwhelming and it can become quite confusing. Anything we do on the channel is there to either inform or encourage or enable someone to do something. So whether that is making a best possible purchase decision for themselves on a bike, of deciding where to go and ride in the weekend with a trail review, um, or where to stay, you know, focusing on up and coming athletes. I mean, in my opinion, Greg Minar should Did you be. You pointed at me when he said that. I, don't know why. <laughs> I was looking past Charlotte. But for example, someone like like Greg Minar yeah. for me should be up there and as as famous in SA as any other relative sportsman. Absolutely. I mean, he's the greatest downhill mantra of all time. Yeah, um, so so those are kind of uh, some examples of it. But yeah, we, we, we I try to create uh, content that people feel informed. It's certainly not the most polished stuff you'll ever see like we're not out there to make movies it's honest it's honest we're there to tell real stories and and if and if we're achieving 
uh, any of those goals of helping inform people or encourage them to get off the couch and give it a crack, then that's mm. a win for me. Yeah, I love it. Go and check out Wild Air TV, by the way. You'll be very, very impressed with all the content that's up there. I heard you talking about some new content that's coming available soon. A future project quickly. What, what What's happening on what's on the cards next? Sure. So we, we wrapped season one after 76 episodes. Sure. Um, we've 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 not missed uh, a week and in some weeks we've broadcast up to three times um so really taken on the challenge personally um it's all done through the business it's all at this point self-funded and because i just the integrity of the show and i'm very much viewer or or viewer centric if that makes sense Um, but now i'm starting to move into the space of doing more collaborations with brands because i feel that the the channel is worth it and it'll also add a lot of value to the viewers themselves as well so uh, yeah we're in the middle of a or heading into next week the start of a very busy shoot cycle for for season two which broadcasts on the 26th of september and you can expect more of the same but a lot more polished and meeting some really exciting characters and i'd say future generations of writers and new 2020 tech and got some exciting stuff coming up with Canada because you've been on a podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's brilliant I'm I'm a big fan so uh, I can't wait to see the new stuff come the 26th of September Uh, and the the, the bloke that you do that's often with you in it um, Tyron Tymona Rawlins I I was trying to hold back (laughs) I'm saying like is there not a whole like clip and series dedicated to him wiping out because that's all yes, I ever kind yes, of see yes. you know what the one thing I can appreciate about Tyron and, and also you know we've got a the lot of questions thing. around <laughs> I like there are a lot of questions around the kind of the crew and the show yeah. and they're like well Doug you're a freak you're two meters tall and 105 kilograms you don't belong on a bike Tyron's your shorter ugly sister and same weight though <laughs> same weight yeah. um, and then you've got a guy like Jason Bull for example who's literally been riding for two years and just made the South African team to go and race at the Enduro World Series yeah. he's really good um, but it's by absolute design like we want to have relatable characters on our show nice. and, 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 and Tyron is an absolute legend what I love yeah. about Ty is that you look at something you're like you probably shouldn't try and ride that yeah. and he's like bring it on I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a full face and he guards I'm going. So um uh and he's yeah, he's just he's an experienced sportsman too. He comes from a professional kite surfing background. So just we, we love having a good time, love riding our bikes, um, and and drinking beers afterwards. Oh man, that's the best combination. You see, I think this is why uh, this podcast is uh, you know it, it, it gets attraction. It does because I think a lot of people love that. That's a, a, what they aspire to do: get on the bike, have a good time, want to get off and crack open an ice cold beer. When, when um, are we going to get you guys to come and ride? On oh, anytime. Sure. We love being on our bikes. We don't race very much, but we, we enjoy rides. That's so. what, that's, that's us. That's yeah. we do it on your terms, on your bikes. place. Yeah. You tell us when. As you know. That's me. (laughs) In actual fact, what we'd like to do is one massive big uh, ride with as many people on social media who are keen to get like-minded people that enjoy a beer afterwards and a nice little ride to get together sometime in the near future. In actual fact, possibly closer to the the launch of of the channel. Uh, It would be great to have you back. You and Ty both back on the week in the build-up to opening, uh, or or rather the channel coming back on with the new new series, to have you back and to kind of create a bit of hype around that because I think it's magic. Yeah, it would be awesome. Stunning. We, the rest of the week, wise uh, Nick, uh, you're off to go and, uh, to your next appointment, which you're probably late for. About half an hour for your one o'clock. This time's not my fault. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have a watch on. That's why. Exactly. Uh, um, so exciting things happening. What, what, what's, what? Can you bring some good news or any kind of news to the uh, floor today? Not currently. I mean, we're obviously heading into the Volta. Yeah. So Ooh. teams are, are kind of in the process of being announced. Um, probably a good time to get in John Wakefield or <coughs> the yes. good doctor again. Yeah. 
chat with the doctor about preparation for. See, the Cavendish has not made the team again for die data, so <laughs> he might be shopping for contracts. Um, but yeah, some some good looking teams, and well, not good looking, but some teams are looking quite good in yeah. terms of their their status. Yeah. Uh, so that that's going to be exciting. Um, but yeah. Omnico, well, we, we're ticking on. Nice. Well, speaking of good-looking teams, Jason, you, myself, and Liesl, <laughs> oh, and, and Big Mike will be in action on <laughs> and Sunday. And we may have a pink gloves by then. <laughs> uh, Algen, be prepared. We're uh, we bringing the gonna, yeah. <laughs> You can see us at the start line or the pool room later. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone. Liesl, what happened? In Soweto, there's something happening yeah, this weekend. Yeah, just a heads up. On the 7th is the Tour de Libraries. They're meeting at Villa Kazi Street, Soweto. Great cycling team. I've been out there to cycle with them before. Uh, they're asking you to bring books and... And they're cycling to all the community libraries to deliver books at various locations. 25-kilometer ride, good reason to get on your bike and make a difference. Stunning. No uh, bad reason to be on a bike uh, this weekend. Weather looks great. Johannesburg, clear skies both Saturday, Sunday. Chilly morning, uh, but around 20 degrees both days. A cold front on Sunday moves into the Cape. But like I said, Saturday is going to be beautiful. Sunday is going to be great as well. Enjoy your cycling. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, with another Time in the Saddle podcast. Subscribe now at livepodcast.fm. Rate and review it on your favorite podcast app to get your time in the saddle. Livepodcast.fm. Subscribing to a live podcast is free.